Well, there you go. We are now live. Welcome, good evening, live. ladies and gentlemen. The broadcast is now live. Of a uh, couple minutes late. Apologies. We just had to have a few. We're just having a bit of a chinwag off there, and we started getting messages coming through. Everyone's waiting to to watch. CB's getting texts. It's all free happening. Kick Brisbane. But, uh, free kick Brisbane. Free yeah, free kick Brisbane. Brisbane. Now, <laughs> when you tune in, folks, please take special note of the names of us written on the screen, and just have a look at JC's little AKA name there. He hasn't missed a beat there. But that's very well. <laughs> the barometer. <laughs> the barometer. We have our own barometer tonight. He is in the house. Um, how are we all going, gents? Oh, what a fucking tool that barometer is. I just, feel, that's, uh, I just feel like the true barometer. <laughs> <laughs> Was that not one of the greatest just chest puffs you've ever seen? And oh. Do you reckon Dusty said, who, who are you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> who the yeah, fuck is that guy? Look, to, to be this fair to him, uh, he, uh, he played his role well, believe it or not, so he probably had every right at that stage to lip up a little bit, but I think he went a bit too far. Maybe he's a little bit of a dickhead, but yeah. that's I okay. can't believe he's not reported. Right, the way he did to short coming off the line, he hit short that hard. Short basically did a 360 in the air, smacked on the ground, and all the umpire did was pay a free. And Michael, I can't see, I'm semi-blind Christensen, says there was no fines. Oh, I just can't get over it. Now, I should have said this last week. If any of us are talking and the others start laughing randomly, it's not at the person talking necessarily. It's at me putting up comments that are quite humorous that are taking a shot at one of us. So don't, yeah. So for us talking, don't think we're laughing at each other. It's, uh, yeah, just the opposite. Uh, Mido, this is not the trade period episode. We are working on that one, but that will come at a later date. But uh, it's nice just our normal weekly show. Um, Mido, if they about. have their way, Mido, they'll trade me out. That's what's going to happen. I'm on the table. <laughs> Never, mate. Never. <laughs> but can, can we open the show and say plaudits to Jack Graham? That Brady bunch. Um, oh, oh yes. Thing that he did. Brilliant. Yeah, Jack Graham on the big footy board. I haven't worked out a screen share just yet, but he sent through a photo of the Brady bunch but cropped our faces on it all looking at each other, which was very, very good. We should, uh, we should look at their poses. I oh, know, we should, yeah. And, Jay, so you chucked out a good image on uh, on Twitter that got a bit of traction of the, uh, of the barometer. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing speaks volumes like a, a cock being drawn on your head when you make a stupid comment. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to draw I tried to draw a hot and cold uh, barometer, but I uh, don't know how that, that came was through. Was that what that was? Um, I was going to ask you. I'm like, oh, I figured it was something along that line, but, yeah, the uh, image came through. Yeah. Clear. It was more the cock on his head. Being a cockhead, <laughs> it just thought it suited like, to his clickable. Fifty games, fifty games in six years, and he's a barometer. They set a pretty high standards up in Queensland, <laughs> don't they? Now, so oh I God. should put this one back it's, up from, uh, from Paul. The Karen Corns. Have you guys seen the new memes getting around where yeah, they're crops playing corns with a wig on and calling yeah. Karen Corns? That is yeah. one of the highlights of my week seeing that. And I, I need to remember to not be drinking any form of liquid when I log on to Twitter because that is, uh, it's very funny. Um, He's an ugly woman, isn't he? <laughs> yes. No, oh. that's not, that's not great. He's a Right yeah. out, guys. Let's get <laughs> before into we it. Get stuck, before we get stuck in with CB, and everyone who's watching, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, please drop a like and share the, the live streams. Well. We want to sort of get as much reach as possible. We want to try and break our views from last week. So please like and share. Uh, chuck your comments in. Spread the word far and wide. Tag your Tiger friends in. Uh, and let's have a bit of fun. CB, over to you. Rightio. Um, so there was a game. 
we'll loosely call it a game of football played on Friday night. It had nothing to do with the uh, Richmond players, certainly. Um, unfortunately, we went down. The Brisbane Lions, 15 goals, 12-102. Defeated the Richmond Football Club, 11-8-74, by 28 points. And um, all I'll say before we review the game is I'm actually that disgusted by what occurred. I'm actually not going to partake in the review because I thought it was an absolute farce. So I'll leave it to you three good folks to talk about the game, but I'm that disgusted with what I saw. Not even worth talking about. Well, CB, I'll pick up the batter, mate. First of all, I want to say, buddy, I'm wrapped at your grown a goatee. Well done, mate. <laughs> I know, I like pepper inside, goatee, mate. Got a bit of the grey. Well done, bud. Um, look, the game for me when it started, <laughs> I knew we were screwed that when four of the first five goals were from free kicks. Now, Personally, with myself, we're a bad tackling side. I gathered that. Like, we've got players that tackle too high, that they slide over, and if you're going to go ticky touch wood, we, that's why we give a lot of free kicks. And I get it, right? And I don't actually get too upset with that. What gets me upset, and they set the tone early, is when uh, the Brisbane Lions were allowed to get away with complete utter murder. They were allowed to get up on walking along the mark, Instead of standing the mark like we were forced to, they were allowed to kick it seven metres. They were allowed to push our blokes in the back, grab them high in their head in a tackle. It got so farcical in the first half, you actually had Brisbane players getting free kicks in their forward 50 when they ran into blokes. So they would run into the one particular, Baker's only five foot something. This uh, Zorko or whoever it was ran into him his head hit his chest, Baker's arms out, like he didn't grab him, didn't touch, and Baker got pinned for a free kick. So, but that aside, I was actually pleased at the start with the kids. I was pleased with our method. Um, keep in mind, Fagan, if, if I hear one person tell me that Fagan's a humble coach, I'll fair he can spew up. He tried to compare, oh, oh, it was a test of depths between the two clubs. No, it wasn't. I don't care if you've got eight people out and we have eight people out. And you've got guns out and we've got guns out. The difference between us and any other club is all of our players are all, all out on one side of the ground in the midfield. That is it. If you take out six of your best Brisbane's best midfield, if they didn't have they didn't have Lockie Neal and they didn't have that other random dude that he, Fagan was going on with, but then they wouldn't have had McCluggage, they wouldn't have had Zorko, they wouldn't have had whoever else they put in that midfield, um, the game would have been completely different. Um, but considering our midfield is so weak, I was actually for us to be able to get get stay within even after all the free kicks we were conceding to get it looked ugly because they were out. So every time we tried to momentum, momentum, the momentum was taken away from us, either by the umpires or our lack of clear clearance ability because we were getting smashed in contested possession, the inside ball we couldn't get first to the ball, um, but we were beating them on the outside. So you could see what hard we try to do to compensate for our lack of strength in the guts, but um, it, yeah, in the second in, in the second half, it, it, it really just it showed me that, in my opinion, there is a clear. You, first of all, it proves that the umpires do get a call at halftime, right? So if anyone tells me no, nah, the umpires just umpire what they see, that's a lot of crock of shit. Um, our players were getting mugged on the field. Um, the one that really upsets me as a person um, is short. He literally got taken out um, physically and hard and illegally, and a free kick was paid. 
It was one of those nothing free kicks to make up the numbers because the ball had already been released. If if that umpire, and it was number one, umpire number one, whatever his name was, and this is my personal opinion, doesn't reflect the show, it's my opinion, had any integrity, he would have done by the law, <laughs> blown the whistle, recalled the ball and paid a 50 metre and report or not report, that's rather sorry, but that's what should have happened. He didn't. So basically it was a nothing free kick because the ball had already gone into that part of the wing. And then straight away, one of the Brisbane players came off the bench. I've seen this vision countless times. Ran up behind Marlon, swung a right arm behind his back, hit him flush in the cheek. I'm lucky I've got a really, really high quality TV. It's 120 inch <laughs> LED and I can zoom into it. Like that hell ain't all I've got about is it. That- is that substituting for something else, mate? Big TV? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's minimizing what I already had. You know, you get a smaller thing, so, you know, you don't compensate. Um, and, he, and there was not even a whistle blown. Marlon staggers but doesn't drop to his knees, right? Yeah. And that's why they allowed it. And then, obviously, he then realised, you know, when you get hit from behind, it takes you a second or two to realise, hey, I've just been hit. So he's done that when he's now getting close to the other bloke with the ball and he's got angry and he's done that crew tackle and, you know, to hurt the person because you just got hit. That would be the defence I'd go. The reason he did that is because you just got hit and, you know, by dynamics. Think, and, yeah, I think everyone was stupid. tweeting the same thing is that the, that would have been completely avoided if that initial free kick was paid and exactly it was missed right. and it was, it was purely a reaction. Um, and I, I think you could easily argue that the hit on Pickett was worse than what Pickett hit the other guy with. But that was a free kick and, and nothing more. But I think, I mean, as a general rule, the MRO have had an absolute nightmare this week. I mean, that Gold Coast player being given two weeks for a tackle, which he got rewarded holding the ball for. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, look, no one likes concussion, and I hope Mitch Duncan's okay. But uh, as some of the players on Twitter said, unfortunately, it's a contact sport, sport and shit happens sometimes. But... No, I get your point, Stiggs. It was um, a bit of weird watching, and there was a lot of frustrated Tigers on the socials during the night. But having said all that, it doesn't change that I think we were going to get beaten regardless, just because of what you said. All the mids we had out, and I've only seen one journal accurately describe that, um, but we just got smashed in clearances. We got smashed. Yeah. Our inside 50s were pretty average, and you know we missed some clutch goals. Tom Lynch missed an easy one. Uh, I, I said we needed Jack to kick the first goal the last quarter. He missed it. They go down and score. And it just takes the air out of the sails a little bit, Justin. Yep. And um, I don't want to harp on it because it's out of your control. Um, but it was just so outrageous. It was just so outrageous what I was watching and, and I am going to say from a professional point of view, from, from looking at it from a player's point of view, um, it's when players get frustrated. You, Tiggy, you mentioned um, Pickett. He cops one in the head and you're getting scragged all night, scragged all year, and the umpires aren't protecting our players, and then frustration creeps in. Um, that report is fairly and squarely on the umpire's shoulders there. You know, if they're, if they're more fair... Or, or they're paying what they see, all of a sudden that, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Um, but before the show started, we were, I was, I'm a massive conspiracy theorist, boys, and, uh, w- well, this isn't even a conspiracy. We know that the AFL hate dynasties unless you're an interstate club, right? So if you're an interstate club, you're going to get the run of the, the rub of the green. Um, if you're a, a Victorian club, it's not good for business if you're too good. And there is no doubt that there is a directive 
to umpire or make it tough on, on how Richmond plays. And we're a high-pressure, high-tackle team. So the best way to do that and make it look almost believable is to penalise tackling. Every every single poor tackle, and you mentioned it, Tiggy, yes, sometimes we do tackle crudely. Sometimes we do. But it also it's the ones you don't get as well. And so what I saw is so many free kicks, and, and it was so many like the volume of the free kicks and their momentum free kicks, you're running one way, then you've got to stop, then you're running the other way, right? That just absolutely kills a team. It kills your energy. Um, so I got in my notes here. Um, when you don't get tac- uh, rewarded for your tackles and when you get penalised for poor tackles, it saps your momentum. So the ball's going the other way all the time. Uh that leads to the momentum shift. Then it leads to second guessing. Then it leads to your confidence, right? And we were making some really poor decisions. And some of the things that were in our control that I really hated was when you're up and when you're up and going, right? When you're up and going and your confidence is up, that forward handball that we do um, is dynamic, right? But when we're trying to get back into the game, someone's going to get killed. You know, when we're not confident, not when, when we're not up and running and when we haven't got things going our way, that forward handball is going to get someone killed. And we were too many, and it, it's happened every game that we've been flogged, you know, those forward handballs that just float, you know, with no no real uh, emphasis or, or power behind the handball and they just float to the player. They have to wait to get it. Um, that's been destroying us. And directionless kicks. You know, just kicking it to no one in particular um, and not kicking the ball to our players' advantage. Um, I don't know. That's re- super frustrating. Combined with we've got some players down, you know. Vlosten hasn't taken a, an intercept mark. He hasn't taken a mark in three weeks, like a mark. Um, you know, our back line is certainly down. Grimes normally, you know, you could mark him down for five to eight marks a game. He hasn't been taking a mark. Um, you know, Noah Bolt has been fantastic in that area. It was amazing on Friday night. But um, we've got a lot of players down. We've got a lot of players out. So there's that as well. Um, so we've got some issues. Um, but in Dimmer, we trust. You know, I'm sure Dimmer's going to be able to right the ship. We've got some guys coming back. That's the positive. And um, and uh Napoleon Bonaparte said, if you fight the same opponent too many times, he learns all your secrets, or I'm paraphrasing that. So could it be that uh, Dibber's holding back on some tactics, you know, to keep our powder dry for the second half of the year? Because we know uh, that Richmond are masters of the run home. So that'll be yet to be seen. That's the... That's my take that's on it good, anyway. That's good feed for thought. I'll uh, I'll go through some stats here quickly. Inside 50 count, which we generally win, we lost 58 to 45. Hitouts, we got smashed 42 to 28. Clearances, we got belted 51 to 24. Realistically, you're never going to win a game with a differential of 27. Um, I know it's not our forte, and, and that kind of just underlies the having all those players out. But... I think with what you said earlier, Tiggs, that we did have some good signs in the early part of the game. And it's definitely something to work on. Brisbane are a good team on their home deck. Um, and we know what happens if we play teams the second time after we lose. We, we tend to go all right again. But it was just one of those games you could tell early on. But 
not much we can do about it. Um, are you, everyone glad to hear that we're challenging the picket suspension? I mean, it was a no-brainer, but... No-brainer. Look, for me, the positive I took out of the game was that passage of play where you had RCD take the... I think it was in the third quarter. Decides to go for a run, realises he had time and space, so didn't rush his decision-making, took another bounce, then handballed it to Nash. Nash, I think, fucking up, and then realising it handballs it over his head, and it happened to get um, uh, back to one of our kids, Ross, and then he scores a goal. That, for me, was our future um, inside. But they're not ready yet, um, our kids. But, yeah, look, Richmond, um, mm. Brisbane, I'm just on the lines. I put out a tweet, a call of arms for round 18. Everyone that's on this, please come to the round 18. I have never seen our side booed off the ground. Now, if it had been Richmond supporters booing Brisbane off the ground, we would be, oh, we're not humble, we're this, we're that. No one said boo-hoo about Brisbane. They literally were booing the players off the ground. So they don't know what they're – I know for myself, I never disliked Brisbane. I now straight away hate that club. And I think the players too would have gone, okay, you've poked a bear. Like he did said, no more. And that's what I love to see Dusty at the end of the game for all the boys and basically, you know, have that conversation with them. This doesn't happen again. Um, so I can't wait for round 18. I can't wait to hear the Richmond Army give them return of serve. That's what I can't wait for. End of the day, a bit of booing, that's no big deal, mate. I mean, some of the shit I've been had hurled at me over the fence, mate, over the journey over a couple of cro- up a couple of codes of sport. I tell you yeah, now, mate, I took offence to that every time. You, I mean, yeah, my mother had my mother was very uh, very productive in the eighties, apparently, or the nineties, according to a lot of people I played sport with. So, <laughs> big deal. You move on. See, yeah, like, you're a campaigner, okay? right? That's why you get booed. You're a campaigner, mate. Dead set. But our club, <laughs> the way they booed, like they were vicious. The way that oh, they booed. I'm sure they all sat in the rooms after the game. That imaginary spear pulling it out of their chest. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I hope they take my point of view. I hope we were personally insulted by the how we were treated. That's what I hope. I think they played that way by, around yeah. 18. I'm you know, more insulted by the barometer than the crowd. Like. That's, oh, that's I, the most I, I saw a tweet which is perfect. Like I said, I saw I was going, I can't wait till we see him again around 18. And someone said, no, no, he'll probably drop to the. He won't be playing. He'll playing. Yeah, VFL, Neefel, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, Look, it's, a, it's another loss. It's not the end of the world, folks. Um, our percentage is bad, but. And we have played a lot of the top, top four teams. We've got to bounce back. And hopefully we can against the Crows this week, which we'll get to later. But uh, CB, bloodbath time. Actually, before you do, CB actually texted me about this to read over to make sure legally we're going to be okay. So just brace yourself, everyone. (laughs) Nah, it's all good. Look, so (laughs) what I'd like to put out as a footy discussion in the community tonight is just a few points about the AFL and what could be perceived outcomes. So as a member, we pay good money for what could be described as a premium sports product. We invest in coterie groups, player sponsorships, seat upgrades, memberships, et cetera, et cetera. So it's fair to say when we hand money over, all we would be asking for is a fair and even experience. If a free kick for head high contact is paid, then you just hope it gets paid the other way, right? We've had two AFL senior coaches questioning the umpiring externally in Ratton and Hardwick. That should be concerning to the AFL because what we are seeing 
is being actually supported by senior AFL figures. It begs the question around integrity. Are some teams umpired differently during game day situations? We all saw Friday night, we know the answer to this, particularly the first half. And if you watch Richmond games, this is actually a pattern. It's there for all to see and form your own opinions on. Right? Don't believe me, just believe your own eyes. Now, we've already seen blowback on, on the Tigers, in particular from AFL accredited media. So just think about that. AFL accredited media. Would you actually expect anything different? It's their job to protect the industry that puts bread on their table. So as a consequence, once you understand where they're coming from, their words literally have no value. Certainly no more than your or my opinions, to be honest. But let's look at some items. Do you reckon Essendon supporters could argue about AFL contrived outcomes? What about the MRP, a group that actually disallows previous incidents to be considered when cases are argued? Where else could that possibly be a thing other than the AFL? Draws are weighted for revenue, not fairness. Rules are introduced during seasons. Rules are introduced to even the comp out, drag achieving teams down to the lowest common denominator. Remember how Hawking's new rule was the savior for scoring this season and, it, and also moving forward. Remember, stand? Well, I did some maths. I decided to look at the for and against of season 2019 up to round 10 versus season 2021 round 10. Now, I've had three people check these numbers. It came to this. In 2019, up to round 10, we had 14,468 points scored. So if you divide that by 90 games, that equals 160.75 points per game. Fast forward to 2021, where we had the new miracle rule from our god, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> We've now scored 14,830 14, points. Divide that by 90, we're at 164.77 points per game. So scoring, if I recall correctly, in 2019 or 2018, what we, we'd gone down to the 60s, Hawking the genius has improved it by four points. So again, we ask the question, an improvement. what was the actual point? What was that, sorry, mate? No. Well, it's an improvement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the is up. So what was the point? Because the impact isn't there on the scoreboard. It's actually a farce because the AFL and its paid lackeys would have you believe different. Don't believe me. Look it up online and grab a calculator. It's not rocket science, right? You have to wonder what it would take to remove these sycophants from the game who feel it's there to serve them. Gill and Stephen and its media arm will tell you the game is in an okay shape recovering from COVID. But there were issues before COVID, and they're still there. Football shot to bits in Tasmania. Player numbers are declining in between the age groups of 20 to 30. There are multiple competitions across Australia with no under-18s or an ever-declining under-18 comp. Crowd numbers are down. And that in itself is an interesting thing, because apparently it's our fault for not attending. It has nothing to do with a game that no longer resembles what it once was. And I'm not alone in this thought. Facts are people are no longer happy with an often confusing game which they now view. But hey, a man can dream because right now we've got two dollar pies at Marvel, and the only reason attendant, the only reason I attend games is for the social messaging. Attending football games for football, 
that's for loser bogans. <laughs> yeah, a lot of strong and valid points in there. It's um, interesting. Four points being the only increase. Hundred percent. For for all the hoo ha that went on, the points you make there. The points you make there, CB, they're all valid. And but this, this has been going on for a long time. You know, this isn't this isn't new. I mean, it's come to a head now. Of course, it's come to a head. But um, it, this has been gut tracking down this way for a long time. Andrew Dimitriou, arguably, I, I would say, he was very big in congratulating himself on the job that he did. But he 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 had a terrible run. He had a shocking run. He oversaw one of the worst periods of AFL football that the game has ever known. And he thought he was going great. Um, you know, he, they had a, a massive problem with um, social drugs, a social drug issue that they just swept under the carpet. And anyone that said anything about it was ridiculed or poo-pooed. Um, you know, there was a lot wrong with that period. And uh, all he did was give himself a, a, a pay raise. Um, you know, and and this the rules committee, they've got to go, man. Like they've got, they've got to go. Uh, we were talking before the show about you know a rules committee. They feel like they have to jigger with the rules, uh, or else they become useless. And what's the point in having them? It should be they should. Every time they add a rule, they should take one away, right? You can't just keep adding the rules one on top of the other. Um, just makes it. So hard for the umpires to to adjudicate. It's out of control. Peter Volandis and the way they run the NRL is so far ahead of the AFL. It, it's like daylight, absolute daylight. Twenty two competitions, and they've got their issues you know with another competition. Of, yeah. If a game, if a cricket match had been played like the Brisbane Richmond game, or a soccer game, let's say a Spanish league game, had it been the same thing as the Richmond Brisbane game. It would be a full-blown investigation on the umpires and people officiating yeah, that right. game. Correct. Yeah, but no, not just the supporters. The actual organisation would investigate the actual uh, the umpires because it doesn't smell right, because of all their match-fixing issues and stuff. We seem to think as a country we're immune. And with the amount of money that's being played... The refs would make it to the car. <laughs> no, they yeah. You've got to wake up the AFL, seriously. Yeah, that's... And I've said it before on Twitter that they shouldn't be immune to criticism or having to lift their game as well. Like they're no different to the coaches, the players. Like I know that you know, part and parcel of running the game, but and what you said, Justin, spot on. By adding all these different layers and interpretations, we aren't making it easy for these blokes to umpire. But make it simpler. Take out a few of the interpretations, um, and hopefully we can see an improvement. But it's a, a lot of good points and food for thought there, CB. Now, before we unleash you, Tiggs, just for listeners, I there think will one, be a one chance of, coming of, up to just ask before, questions. Just before you move on there, Michael, just, Michael, just before we move on, yeah. just one of the rules I think, there's no – I think you're right with the, the rugby league. There's a level of common sense that the rugby league uh, is run by um, that we lack in our game. Um, one of the ones that I reckon we, we really need to get, and this is just common sense, is last touch – Touch instead of this, um, how can you judge what a player is trying to do on a deliberate out of bounds uh, rule? Just have last touch. Whoever touched it last, the opposition gets it. Like every other sport in the in the world, 
you know. And then it takes away that grey area for the umpires. It's just one less thing that they have to worry about. So I, I think we've got to get to that immediately because it's it's adjudicated really poorly. Well, yeah. look at look at the Adelaide look at the Adelaide Melbourne game where that deliberate wasn't paid. If that Adelaide guy handballs to the thing, Melbourne's having a, sna- a, a snap at yep. goal with ten seconds to go with it. So you're dead right, dead right. Uh, no, but before we unleash you, Tiggs, listeners, get your questions mm-hmm. ready. There will be about a seven to ten minute period where you can send through some live questions. Uh, and for those who are tuning in, once again, thank you. And we'd love it if you could drop a like or a share or. Anything takes some rich from people that should be listening to this as well. So, uh, Tiggs, with that, the floor is yours. All right. Um, look, I've actually taken a leaf out of CB here. Um, I was just going to go an absolute dead set rant on the umpiring and all that sort of stuff, right? Like, <laughs> dead set. But then I thought, because I we I sort of knew what um, the bloodbath was going to be. So I, I had a look, and there was a couple of questions asked of me in the um, podcast thread. So my Tiger Den is going to be answering um, answering specifically DB26's question and then a big smack to the overall media, if I'm allowed to, um, with a particular couple in in mind. Um, but firstly, um, one of the questions on the thread was said, um, Nick, do you believe the, the Richmond Football Club is com- is complaining to the, about the umpire? Look, I, you'd have to be an idiot. Um it's very telling that Hardwick actually had the confidence to say, hey, 21 of five free kicks and do it on air on Channel 7, right? He would have – Benny would have just given him the idea, go ahead and say it. I know um, – oh, look, from what I've been heard and from the grapevine, this has been an ongoing issue like Justin said. So – but we, we – but there's not much we can do. Look, there's really extreme things we can do. People forget the AFL is a custodian of the game. The clubs actually do have the power if they band together. Um, so, you know, they can do legal stuff and all that sort of stuff if they've lost confidence. But that's, you know, it's not going to happen. And that's what the AFL banks on. But the biggest thing I wanted to talk about, and, and we've all heard the radio, you know, on the weekend and, and seen all the shows and everyone's wrote us off. And we've got even our own supporters. And one of the – and this is not saying DB26 has wrote us off, but this is the question that I want to form my target in around. I know we've got quality players out, but to think it's just going to happen when they're when they're back and click is wrong. We need improvements in areas. Sign we were there before injuries, and it's time to fine tune our game plan. Um, and the media's singing that song a little bit more br- brutal. They're just calling how um, the top eight's already two games clear. David Kingy, you know, Karen Montagna, Montagna, whatever his name is. Um, I think he's the guy with the micro penis, but it's actually been proved because there's a video of him and Nick Rewald. Um, <laughs> picture going around. So um, he, um, they're all saying that there's no way we can catch up. You know, we're done. We've run our race. And so I thought, is that true? You know, what's the, what? What is really happening here? So if and I decided to make it as hard as I possibly could. So I went up as far forward as round fourteen. And I looked at 2019, I discounted 20 because it was a COVID year, right? And I discounted 18 because we just dominated everyone, you know what I mean? So in 2014, uh, sorry, 2019, round 14, we were actually sitting 10th, sorry, 9th. We were sitting where we're sitting now. Keep in mind, that's round 14. At the moment, we've got four more games up our sleeve. We were only on seven wins. Right, so only two more round, two more extra wins than uh, what we're on now, but four games. We've got four games in the kitty. Um, our percentage was 
Geelong, who was first on the ladder, already had 11 wins. So we were literally five wins behind Geelong. Collingwood, who are sitting on 10 wins, so we're four wins behind Collingwood. Um, West Coast was on nine wins, and Sydney was on um, Greater Western Sydney was on nine wins. So we were essentially, you know, two wins behind them. Reason why that's really important during that period, I looked at the news articles around about that time. We had injuries, um, we had long term injuries to key personnel throughout that period of time. Like Justin said, we're the and the question asked, well, we can't just bank on it happening. The thing is, we've got the best physical uh, conditioning um, off-field group in the league. That's my firm opinion. Um, the way we prime our guys, the way we condition our team to hit um, after the bye. Um, we, the unique thing for us, and what's going to be a blessing in disguise here, is not no other club, say, probably outside the Bulldogs, because their depth is crazy in the midfield area. But we've just given essentially a six-week break to all of our premier midfielders. They haven't been bashed around. They're fresh. They've got two games, two of the bites to get work off all the kinks. We should beat Adelaide, which we will, and we should beat Essendon. People are getting sucked into – they played North Melbourne for heaven's sake, right? Um, they played okay. They looked good, but there was no pressure on them because North had won the week before. So that was their grand final. Um, so, we've, so we've now got six midfielders that are A-grade quality our forward line, people are bagging it, but actually it's not um, with the minimal supply that we got on against Brisbane with the way that was all going. They actually converted quite well. You know, uh, Lynch fought back quite well. Jack was Jack. Um, yeah, we've got some issues, but those but they're really small. Once you've got the engine room up and running, then we have the bry to reset mentally, and then we can hit. Then I'm convinced. I'm convinced that we will go on a domination run because our draw is really soft. Come, you know, we will win nine straight. 10 straight and beat the sides that have beaten us already, you know, which is the top eight sides. Cause we don't, we rarely lose when we have the repeat game. So anyone losing faith, go back, look at the ladder in 2019. Then you go to me. Okay. But Tiggs, you're just picking it out just to help yourself. Well, no, in 2017, we were not even in the top four. We were on eight wins, right? We were still, two wins behind um, GWS at the time he was first on the ladder, and everyone knows what happens. We will make top four without a shadow of a doubt. That's a big goal. We will. I, I, look, I guarantee you this. The reason why I can t- I'm really confident, Melbourne's been playing, uh, doing us in the 2018. Adelaide beat them. I'll let that sink in a bit. Forget about the deliberate and all that. They just got over – they've just got over a line against some really shit teams, Right. Their soft draw is now starting to catch up with them. So they'll lose to the Bulldogs, like, no doubt about it. And then they're going to start hitting the harder teams. So they're going to start to stumble. I'm not saying they're not going to make finals. They've done enough wins to bank it. I don't think they're going to do a North Melbourne. But And all the teams that we've already played play each other in the um, in the latter part of the year. They're going, to, they're going to play each other. One team of them is going to lose. We're going to catch up. So we'll make top four. I have no doubt about it. So anyone that's riding us off, particularly Karen Corns, that flog with no statistical Tom Morris, who did suggest that Hardwick was a winger, started lying on air saying we complained about the hub. No, mate, we didn't complain. We asked them to remove a wall. You know why? Let's just put this to bed. We're in student accommodation. That wall, we could not fit our gym in. So we asked permission, can we remove it to fit the gym in? You know why we did that? To save money, to allow the AFL save money so we wouldn't go 
to a um, five-star resort. We wanted to actually help the competition. That's why they allowed it. It wasn't a whinge. So, yeah, guys, if I can say anything, keep your chins up. We're fine. Don't jump off. Don't, Don't jump, jump off. Because and... you're going to look stupid. You're going to look yeah. You're going to look like a Brisbane supporter come around eight, night 18 after they get done by 64 points. And you That's tweeted you... as much You tweeted as much today, JC, didn't you, about you've always been big on the Tigers after the bye? We've lost him. Well, he's frozen. Is he frozen? I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, yeah. Justin he tweets <laughs> earlier on today about about that the cavalry is coming and to uh, to make sure we get around the boys because after yeah. the bye is when Dimmer does his best work. So, hold. If you jump back in, Justin, you can just uh, talk at any time. Anyway, uh, listeners or viewers. If you've got any questions, we'll leave the next few minutes open to uh, to do some question taking. So feel free to send through questions, and we'll uh, we'll divvy them out as best we can. Who's out? Well, uh, he's had some internet issues. He was a little bit jittery before. That's all right. We'll uh, we'll keep plugging away. Questions. Well, can coming I just address the question about our defensive issues, guys? Our defence is shit at the moment because we've got no engine room. When you have no engine room, you can't apply as pressure that we can. So all yeah. the negatives you hear, well, they're not playing, applying enough pressure when they have, and all this sort of stuff is because our midfield's chronically inconsistent. And people forget still how young Jack Graham is. He's still a pup learning the game, even though he's some, some great things. And he, he's expected to be a senior midfielder in our group still. So, yeah, just, just if you're going to pick one or two things in our game that's not working – Drill down a bit other than the overreaction, go, why is it not working? And it, all of our issues really stem from not having an engine room. Yeah. yeah That's my on, opinion. You're back, Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit of internet connection. I was saying awesome that I don't, know I don't know if you heard. I was just saying about your, <laughs> your tweet that you shot out today about the Tigers after the bye. You're backing them in. Yeah, I agree with you, Tiggy. I I believe we can make we can make the top four, and um, I, I I said right from the start um, when you win the premiership, you're two months behind everybody else's preseason, right? Um, and so it's always going to be a sluggish start to the year. Um, also, I'm I'm really convinced that uh, Richmond are a very scrutinised team, right? Week in week out, we're you know, we're the kings of the jungle. Everyone wants to knock us off. So everyone, our game plan is the most scrutinised game plan and everyone is trying to work out, you know, what the magic is. So if there's any any tricks up our sleeve or the next uh, next evolution of our game plan, you're, you're going to see it in the second half of the year. Plus, our guys are uh, they're, they're seasoned. They're, they understand what it takes. And the second half of the year is when you want to be catching fire. You don't want to be at your peak of your powers right now. Um, we do have some issues. There's no doubt about that. We do have some issues. But once again, in Dimmer, we trust. Um, and uh, I, I really think we will go on a we'll go on a tear after the buy. We'll get all our guys back. It, there are there is a lot of similarities, um, as everyone has mentioned, to 2019. Um, and we're in a very similar position. Um, but probably travelling a little bit better, though, 
you know. Um, the younger players and the experienced players that we did have in were probably travelling a little bit better um, than we are currently. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm bullish. I'm, I'm bullish on, on our second half. There's no doubt we can make the top four. No doubt. No doubt. It's all in front of us to do, but... We're going to hit the buy. We're going to hit the buy seven and five. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully, still going to get through a couple of games. Oh, no, we're well, going to hit the buy seven and five. Up, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's smash through some of these questions quickly. There's no uh, doubt. CB, I go just. No, no, no. I was just going to say we got Adelaide this week. We should knock them over. That makes six and five. Then who have we got? Essendon after that. Who have we got after Adelaide? Essendon? Essendon. Yeah. Drink time. Oh, well, there we go. Two easy beats. Oh, Two easy go. beats, dream time. We'll have all our Aboriginal kiddies up and about. Do you reckon, do you reckon the Herald Sun's got their Dylan Shield? 72-legged buy. Do, do you reckon the Herald Sun's got their Dylan Shield, obligatory 12-month article, Dylan Shield, how Trent Cotchin broke his heart on 2017, <laughs> being a vicious brute on the wing? Oh, you know? Maybe they soon. So, uh, all right, question time. So, maybe. CB, how did the supporters slash members send a message to the AFL that killing the game? I'm glad you asked this question because I was going to put a remark at the end of the show. Um, the best way that you can send a message to the AFL right now, forget sending an email or something. It'll just go to some lackey 15 levels down. It'll never get to where you need to go. What you need to do and do for rest of the year is get to as many Richmond games as you can. Because the worst thing for the AFL this weekend is if 50,000 people or 50,000 Richmond supporters turn up against Adelaide and really voice their dissent at, on the way the game is adjudicated and probably also their feeling and let their feelings be known on other things. Because that is an unsanitised environment which they can't control. So if you're going to do anything, turn up this Sunday and let them know. That's my advice. Or just go to AFL House and defecate on the doorstep. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> All right, now, next one for you, Justin from Lee, being a ruckman. Uh, how would Nank's body be feeling after a workload like this? Oh, he's I hope frozen. you're frozen again. Oh, no, he's frozen. He's frozen. <laughs> you did? Uh, yeah, all right, can you hear you? Oh, mm -hmm. can you? There we go. Uh, you're back here. So, how, how would Nank's body be feeling after a big workload like that? No, it's dropped out again. That's okay. Tiggs, do you want to have a crank? How do you think? No, Nank's no, I would prefer to keep that question to Ruck, um, to Justin because he was a Ruckman. I don't want to. Justin's right. the best person to answer that. No, that's fine. Uh, there's been a lot of questions come through about. Yeah, what was the question? Oh, the question. <laughs> How would uh, how would Nank's body be feeling after a workload like this? He's been doing a power of work. Um. Oh, well, of course. I mean, not one player. Uh, if you've played, you know, all of the games to date, and and uh, Nank has, um, you know, it's it's a war of attrition. Um, he'd be feeling it. Um, it's hard to say these days because the recovery is a lot better. Um, the sports science and and uh, the recovery is a, is a lot better. Um, and Nank is a workhorse. Um, and and 
after round one, you never feel, no one feels 100%. No one feels 100% going into the game. So everyone's carrying a, a niggly little injury. So he's probably got a few niggly sore spots here and there. But um, I would say to this to this stage, he'd be, he'd be going okay, maybe carrying a few little sore spots, but um, nothing that once you warm up wouldn't really be affecting him. But make no mistake, I still want to see two Ruckman, and I think that that's the next evolution for our game plan. Yeah, exactly. CCJ Great. all the way. Bring him in. Give him a go. Bring him in. Uh, Tiggs, do we rest Bolton until after the bye? No way. He's had three weeks rest, and he's going to have a he's going to have a rest in um in after the fortnight's worth of game. He needs some match conditioning, um, and I think he we wants to prove a We've point too. Him. Yeah, and he wants to prove a point. From what I've heard, um, he wants to prove a point. So we watch out. I reckon he's back end of the year. We haven't seen nothing to show. I'm, I'm fortunate with some of the circles I travel in. I get some, you know, tidbits here and here, and I know he, he's got a, he's got a mission to prove, and not to prove himself to the teammates. They love him, and you know he's staying with the club for many years to come. But he feels personally bad that Daniel Rioli had to carry the can on field. For something that he believes strongly that it wasn't any of their faults. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to sidetrack too much, but um, you notice the AFA hasn't come out yet and cleared these two boys, yeah. right? They've taken them as a personal affront because they're doing that solely is because Gill is is has got a and, and Steve Hocking have a bugbear with our leadership of our club. Right, and what we feed back in the background. That's what I haven't done. That said, so, yeah, Shy will be. He needs to come in. He needs to burn yeah. off. He needs to burn this off and, and prove a point. I can't wait. Yeah, get him in. Get him in. Uh, CB, I'm really liking the look of Ryan Sampson. I think Sampson, Ryan. What do you guys think? I'm liking the look of him too. He's looking like a really, really good, astute draft pick, oh, and. Sorry, battery issues. Oh no! Honestly, sorry. I reckon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Samson may possibly play before the year's out. Like I know we're pushing CCJ's Barrow, but um, Samson Ryan is going bloody well. So anything's possible. I reckon he's looking good. He's looking good. Um, There's another question for you, Justin. I can't find it, but it was: Do you still have a soft spot for the doggies, or are they dead to you now? (laughs) Uh, for many years they were dead to me um and then i let the anger of that go uh uh and and i guess the success of oh well let me answer answer it this way when the bulldogs won the premiership in 2016 i i i was happy for them when richmond won in 2017 uh i was elated i felt really connected to the richmond premiership and i didn't feel as connected to the bulldogs premiership so um, yeah, they can get fucked. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can go guys. and get fucked. <laughs> oh, dear. They lost JC. Suck my balls. Tigs, have Oppo Club. Tigers all the way, baby. Tigers all the way. Thank you for giving me this question, right? <laughs> that is the most beat up statistic. Full of shit, driven by Karen Corns, that Dusty, they've worked him out, right? Let's put realistically, I don't care which premier midfielder you have, if you put him alone, 
and then surround him with, you know, at the end of the day, let's be realistic, with our C-grade midfielder support, for what he's managed to do, and in some games, win games for us, he they, they have not even come close to working him out yet. Like, even against Brisbane, he was trying to stem the tide of a flood that was coming. He was productive. He was getting illegally scragged, like that Robertson tackle that everyone's celebrating was illegal in any sense. It should have been a paid free kick to, to Dusty. So, no, they haven't worked him out. And you watch the difference. People go, oh, Dusty must have pulled his finger out. No, no, because you'll have pressure beside him. You'll have Cotchen beside him. You'll have Edwards beside him. You'll have Shai Bolton floating around him. And then he can actually attack and use his aggressive game without worrying about us leaking behind him. So he's, he's a consummate team man, Dusty. He's playing the team game. Um, he doesn't care that it makes him look not as great as we all know he is. They haven't worked him out at all. And that proof yeah. will come in finals. Takes uh, out. Well, and and just another thing on Dusty, just another thing on Dusty, just another thing on Dusty, what was at stake on the weekend? There nothing. was nothing at stake. Every time there's something at stake, Dusty will come up and he'll come up trumps every time. So, you know, that's complete and utter bullshit. Complete and utter and, bullshit. Tiggs, you've just destroyed three years of David King's work every single episode that he's on, he's got a new theory on how to beat Dustin Martin. So you're just ruining his work, mate. <laughs> Calm down. He thinks uh, McDonald's last... cafe is nice. That's his, that's his intellect. <laughs> and the last one, it's a little bit of a trade one, but <laughs> I've, it's the first I've heard of this one. So we'll just answer it quickly. Has anyone heard any rumours circling about multiple clubs circling troll? Just before I may have tried to upset someone in the Richmond uh, Brotherhood with this one tonight. <laughs> oh, so you've, you've, you've started this one, have you, as a CB? Oh, no, I sent it via messenger. Oh, I didn't put it in the wider sphere. But look, okay. logic would tell you uh, if clubs weren't into Chol, CCJ or Ross at season's end or right now, um, they'd have rocks in their head. So it would only mm. make sense that um, people would be talking to their managers, I would think. Oh, it was in the Herald Sun. Someone said, okay. Yeah. You know what CB and just did? I, he I, did the I amount of journalism that, that Tone Brown does that all the other flogs, what he just did just then, just speaking common sense, is what they put as a story. Tiggs, clubs may be talking to his manager. They may be yeah. not. And what's <laughs> on Bunch of fuckwits. Bunch of fuckwits. They'd, they'd be crazy if they wouldn't, if, if they didn't. Uh, I, I think if – here's the thing. There was a question about um, Samson, Ryan, there, um, just a, a few minutes back. If he gets a go before CCJ – that sends a really bad message, right? It sends it. You, you've got to wait. You know, you've got to wait your turn. Um, regarding Chol, but why wouldn't I agree with you? Why wouldn't every club? I mean, there's a dearth of ruckman in the competition, and we've got, you know, a ton of them, right? So of course, if he wasn't being discussed, they'd be crazy. But I wouldn't be giving up Chol either right now. I think he's got a lot of attributes that are unexplored. Um, he didn't put his best foot forward last year, um, uh, you know, late in the year. He had an opportunity. But um, uh, I wouldn't be giving Chol away just yet. He's got, a, he's got a lot of upside. Absolutely, he's got a lot of upside. All right, and with that, we'll get cracking into the preview. We'll try and get this done in about nine or ten minutes and keep it at the hour. We'll see how we go. Tiggs, lead us in with the preview against the Crows. Look, it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be an interesting game. They're, they're really great in the back half. Um, I've got to give credit to Tex Walker. Um, 
I thought he was his body was broken, you know, and he was enjoying the Uber Eats at two AM away too much, right? But he's proved me wrong. He is playing probably the best footy he's played for his whole entire career, considering what's around him. Um, he um, he's a, he's one of the most beautifulest kick of the football that I've ever seen. Um, this season, he is just absolutely great. So I'm, I like Adelaide. They're playing brave football. They've got um, Nick's. I rate him as a coach. They've got a they've got a developing list, but the reality is they're developing and they've hit us at the wrong period. They've hit us where our pride cert, where we've got guns coming back that want to um, repay their brothers that they haven't been able to get on the park for. I reckon we've got to thump the living crap out of them. That's personally my opinion. What about you guys? I just want to say something. Mm. You've been Tiggs. You've been copying a lot of lookalikes lately. Like it's better than Danny DeVito, mate. That's all I can tell you. I tell you who you look like, and I've just just dawned on me. You look like the lead singer of Faith No More. You look like Mike Patton. Now, onto the uh, onto the Adelaide one. Yeah, people check that one out. <laughs> I got some. Um, uh, actually, Tiggs, do you want to roll with the ins and outs? Um, yeah, I will. Um, look, yeah, funny you said that though. A lot of a lot of people have told me, you know, I look like John Holmes, Holmes, whatever it is, you know, that seventies <laughs> actor. Yeah, but um, I can prove it too if you like me to get up. <laughs> but no, um, ins and outs, right? For us in particular, I think it's time. Look, I want to make an apology first to Arts. Right, he, yeah, he's a limited footballer, but he plays with heart, and he's one of our most consistent forwards. I think we need to make a bit of a change. I don't want us to get rid of RCD. He needs to stay. And I think Caddy needs to be given a shot. We, we've we got two games as an audition before we hit our bye, right? So I would go, okay, George, Rioli, you need a spell, right? Take a spell. Take a break. Um, I would then bring in, for those two boys, I'd bring in Caddy, um, obviously. We're going to have Ross, unfortunately, no room for him in the midfield. Um, and we'll have to get – because we have to fit Prestia, we have to fit Cochin in, we have to fit Shy Bolton in. So, really, the ones in the gut for me, I don't want to – Nate has to go out, unfortunately, um, which hurts me to say, but he has to. Um, if Pickett stays in the side, if he doesn't get uh, reported, which I'm already might just to set an example, because they're not going to like to have a clean, uh, you know, whitewash of everyone getting off. So the picket might get it, but if picket stays in the side, I really want Caddy in plus our guns. George and George and Rioli need a spell, and they need to get their hunger back. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I've got. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. So I'm um I'm continuing with a little bit of a discussion that J- and point that JC um, raised last week. Um, my outs this week, I would be giving Hooli a spell. And I know people are going to hear that and go, he had 27 touches and get their torches and flames and pitchforks and things going. But they weren't a great 27 touches. And he looks he looks as out of form as I've seen him for a long time. And I just think Basher needs a couple of weeks at a just a lower level to really get himself motoring for after the buy. So it's not a – I just want to see him get – I want to see him get every opportunity to be his best moving on, right? Um, so I would drop Hooley. I would drop, drop uh, Ross. Uh, Hugh goes out. And 
I'm going to have in brackets picket in case the suspension holds up. So I've got three definite outs. My ins are Cochin, Prestia, and Bolton. And I've got Edwards as a possible. So I'm sort of, if Pickett's out, Edwards, I don't know. So they're sort of on the fence. That's kind of where I'm sort of looking at it. Um, just on some stats going into this game, and I read them out to Michaels before everyone else sort of joined in. A good point on Tex Walker ticks, because you won't be aware of this. This isn't a setup for the record, listeners. Um, contested marks in the league. Tex Walker is currently equal sixth on 23. Tom Lynch is our best. He's equal 11th with 20 contested marks. Bolter is actually 20th in the competition with 15, and same with O'Brien. So we're sort of roundabout with a couple of big guys. For metres gained in the league, Brody Smith is number one in the league with 6,301 metres gained. Paul Seedsman is actually number two in the league with 6,290. Our best is Jaden Short at uh, number six with 5,622. And for score involvements, boys, Michaels knows the answer to this. Um, where do you reckon Tex Walker sits with score involvements in the league? Take a guess. Take a guess. No, no answer. Okay. All right. No, Tex I'll Walker. give it a... Well, you go. Number, go. Yeah, but right, say in the top four. He's fourth in the league with 80 score Last. involvements. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. And, and Tom Lynch is 26th at 65. So they've got some players in seriously good form and doing some seriously good work for them. So it's – look, I expect class, our class and being at the MCG will see us get over the line. But the Crows are going to serve us a pretty tough game, I reckon, and that their tails will be up a little bit after um, rolling Melbourne. But sometimes I wonder when a team's up emotionally one week, are they a bit flat the following and I kind of wonder, will Adelaide be a little bit emotionally after such a high down a bit? And we'll obviously be looking to um, send a very, very strong message, I would suggest. Charlesy? Justin? Um, you'd be crazy to think this is anything but a danger game. Um, it, it is a massive – it's a game we should win, but it certainly is a, a, a massive danger game. Interesting stats on, on Tex Walker. Um, do you know what the free kicks for Tex Walker are and what no, they, they are for Tom Lynch? Yeah, there's someone because I had this in a text. I, I, I had this in a in a tweet because um, I was shit-canning Tom Lynch a bit. And make no mistake, I am big on Tom Lynch. I love Tom Lynch. But he's down on form and confidence, right? But it doesn't help when you're getting scragged and, and not getting rewarded with free kicks for, where, for when you deserve them. But Tex Walker had more free kicks in less games than Tom Lynch had in 10 games, right? So yeah. let's just put that in perspective as well. And it, there's nothing like uh, getting a free kick in front of goals to boost your confidence. Have a look at who's that Rafa Nadal lookalike? Um, Brisbane, what's his name? Eric Hipwood. Um, Hipwood. Fucking Hipwood. He's a dead set spastic, but he got a couple of Joe the Gooses over the top and a couple of free kicks in front of yeah. goal, and he thinks he's, you know, <laughs> John Coleman, right? Just to, just um, so we're politically like correct in front of goals to boost your confidence. Just so we're pretty um, politically correct, guys. I feel it's important, but I think um, it would um, identifies as a she. I'm sure I've read no, that somewhere. Doesn't no. oh, no, <laughs> she? I'm sure she does. So anyway, oh, I just like to uh, look. I, I don't. I don't. 
I don't I don't like I don't like as a as a former player I don't I really don't like uh, suggesting which players you know need to be dropped. Um, but what players are available this week? Do we know? Well, like, is Koch available Koch is, this week? Is is, yeah, is Koch, Bolton Prestia, back this week? Bolton and maybe Edwards. Don't forget the forgotten man, Mansell. Okay, he deserves to come back in, right? Because we just rested him last. Oh, I don't think he good. does. I don't. Uh, uh, to, to me, look, those those guys have to come back in. I'm not. I'm not sold on Mansell. Um, he's done okay, but um, uh, I think those guys, our guns, need to come back in. Um, and I think it wouldn't be unfair to say that Nash and Ralph Smith could could miss. Um, and I've been wondering where Castagna has been, and I'm loath, you know, to, to players, but um, Castagna has been missing for a long time. He hasn't hit the scoreboard in a long while, so you know he he uh, he could well he could be facing the chopping block, in my opinion. I think I think Charles, if, if we we're looking to make space. I think, Charles, if we didn't have the players, like if it wasn't for Ross and Hugo and a couple of those boys in there, I think he would be the next in line, if that makes sense. I just think there's a few sacrificial lambs yep. before it gets to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, I agree. I think the international guys but, have covered. But, but, well but what, what you can't do, you can't bring Ross in for one game and then bring him out. I didn't think it yeah. was that bad. Do you know what I mean? It's, no, hard. Yeah, it's, it's very tough to bring a player in and then drop him straight away. Yeah, but can can we you carry to, Ross you and need to manage, You need to manage confidence as well. Yeah, it's being subbed for that many games. I know it's it's a really tough balancing act, especially with all those guys coming back in. Uh, for me, the key for the game, Colin Dawkins has been really the, good. The meters game, really Led and, Led and Seedman, uh, we have to shut those two boys down. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, what Dimmer goes to work on to get that job done. We'll uh, we'll fly through some of the key matchups quickly because we are at the hour mark. Uh, CB. I'll give you this one first. Noah Bolter versus Tex Walker, the man who was in red-hot form. Can I just say, how good was it watching Noah Bolter tear um, Danaher apart last week? Oh, yeah. Absolutely barbed him. Um, I think I think actually Bolter will have a very good day because when the ball hits the ground, there's no way Big Tex is going with him. And one thing about Noah is he's very, very strong. Um, so he physically can go with Tex as well. And Tex is a very strong man. So... Um, really like that matchup for us. I think we'll get up. a a rebounding advantage there. Yeah, definitely. I like it. I like it. Uh, for you, JC, Daniel Rioli versus Brody Smith. Maybe it won't be Rioli, mm. but it needs someone to kind of curtail the running carry he provides. Yeah, I I, I don't see that as a plus matchup for us. Um, if if that is if that is the case, um, yeah, don't know, don't know. I I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Daniel Rioli's work rate, you know, be right up there, um, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Ticks, Camden McIntosh, I've put on the wing versus Seedsman. Yeah, look, I'd probably more say either Camden or Pickett. If Pickett's playing, we'll go on Seaman. I would have said that too. I agree. Yeah. And, look, I prefer Pickett um, because of his history. You know, like in in prison footy, you learn how to stop the Seaman spitting the ball. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. That's just why. Sorry, it's just why you are. 
you know, look, but Camden's got really big, strong hands. No. Um, look, Camden on, on Seedsman. Uh, look, Seedsman's having a good year, but he's been allowed to play with a lot of account no accountability. You just run and kick it long. Um, so Camden, I think, will get him going the other way with his work rate. See, um, Seedsman's not um, known for his work rate in the sense of his tank. You know, he can run one way, no problem. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I liked it. Um, I like that joke. Put a bit of effort into that too, Tate. Yeah. Uh, one, That's a plus matchup for us. That's a plus matchup for us. Yeah. One in, in your wheelhouse, Macintosh, that's a plus matchup for us. Toby Nankervis versus Riley O'Brien, who I really rate as a Ruckman. Yeah, good kid. Yeah, look, it's uh, he's been playing well. And um, I love Nank's work rate has been right up there. Um, uh, he's been in really good touch. Um, I think being a must-win game for us, um, I think Nank is going to have him covered. So... And the last one for you, Steve. It's going to be a good matchup. That's going to be that's going to be one of the highlights. That's going to be a, that's going to be a highlight matchup for me. Yeah, no, it's going to be a cracker. Uh, the last one for you, Steve. I'll give you some creative license to pick the matchup. But who goes on, Rory Laird? You know what? Obviously, I want to say um, I want to say Jack Graham just for the 2017 gags. Uh, Rory Laird's probably still checking under his bed for Jack Graham after 2017. But I actually would hope. It sounds funny. I would hope that RCD would get time on him because I think you, you learn from the best and Rory Laird is a fantastic footballer. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy for I'd happy for uh, Laird, RCD to take Laird for sure. Um, but sorry, I just realised, yeah, and, I'd take, and, and Jack Graham to take um, Rory Sloan. Too many Rory's in Adelaide. All right, we'll quickly get some predictions, including margin for this one, and we'll wrap it up. And uh, listeners, feel free to send through your margins as well. well. We'll pop a few up on the screen. JC, what's your tip for this, including margin? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling uh, a, a big win this week, but um, 12 to 18 points win. 12 to points. Tiggs? And a five and a five free kick differential crows way. <laughs> oh, Oh yeah, yeah. You've got you've cool. got high hopes. You've got very <laughs> for just five. Uh Tiggs? Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I think they're they'll be on notice after last week. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with Justin in the sense that they're gonna umpires will rebound. They'll have a strong strong game because Adelaide can't make finals. So let's stop the whinging Richmond masses. That's what it will be. So we'll get something like twenty eight free kicks to their fourteen. Um we won't get a run of 20 to 6, but that's what they'll do. They'll give us a, a shit ton. I reckon it's going to be a comfortable game. Look, this is no disrespect to Adelaide. I, I have a lot of time for that club, um, particularly with Matthew Nix. So it will be strong early. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll fight like they did, particularly like they did the last time we played them at Adelaide. That was a really highly contested, really slugfest type of a game, but we still beat them by 36 points. So... I think that's what will happen. Um, yeah, around about 36 to 36, 36 points. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get them in the last quarter and we just motor on with it if we break them early. So, yeah, 36 points. And CB? Um, I'm going the number as made famous by Ben Cousins. I'm saying 32. And I'll say free kicks, Richmond 16. And Adelaide, 18. 
All right, I'll say Richmond by 18 points and freaky count Richmond will get 16. The Crows will get 23. So we'll see how we go there. And just a reminder, the game is on Sunday at the MCG, 10 past one, and it's the Doug Nichols round, which is uh, we all, all the players love to, to play and celebrate that. So should be a, a cracking game. Sorry if I sounded distracted too, guys. My dog's just gone absolutely mental, so I apologise. No, that's all right. That's all right. Have to come we appreciate all the uh, viewers sending in all their questions, comments, and feedback. So we hope you've all enjoyed the show. And hopefully we're getting back together next Monday with a win under the belt instead of having to keep talking about losses and uh, yeah, and that kind of stuff. So You know what he's doing? He's not allowed to eat Certainly anywhere near my bedroom. He's hopped on my bed on my side and he's eating his bone. My bed just looking at me, go daring me to go get him. <laughs> All right, so uh, have a good weekend, gents. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you follow us on whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, the whole lot. So, and we'll, we'll keep punching out some content. We'll hopefully get a, a live show in the game soon. If not, it might be a, a half time show. Uh, <laughs> sorry, CB. Just for fuck's sake, can you stop moving your camera around? Yeah, Blair, which project? Yeah, sorry. But no, thanks for your time again tonight, gents. And uh, thanks, Justin. And we'll we'll make sure make sure you keep an eye on all our socials during the week because we're getting pretty good on the tweeting front, I think, lads. We're putting out some good content. People are backing us up and keep keep tagging us and all your photos and all your stats. We love it. So thank you again to everyone. And until next time, go tags. Round out at round 18, people. Don't let me down round 18. Hey, <laughs> anyone listening, if we want to organize something, we all can meet up go for tags. a beer or whatever it is, I'm up for it. I don't care how big, how much we are, um, how many people we are. Happy to have a beer with anyone. So, but we have yeah, to be at the absolutely. game. Like CB said, support the club through this. Get out there, boys. Get out to the game. Go to the Tigers this Sunday. Go Tigers. Give them.